Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. It is October 28th. David Gasper here with co-host Matt Carroll. We are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com. In today's episode, we're going to discuss free agency, possible changes to the infield for 2021, the Brewers payroll picture, and a whole lot more. Joining us for that discussion is the host of the aptly named Bart Winkler Show, weekday mornings on 1250 The Fan, Bart Winkler. Bart, thanks for joining us, man. Oh, guys, good to be here. Good to talk some brewers. I, uh, you know, it was a weird year to make the playoffs the way they did. I think I, I cursed myself when the World Series ended. I said, you know, at least that was a normal World Series. At least <laughs> everything that happened in baseball, at least it was a normal World Series. And then, you know, you're watching Fox and Kevin Burkhart's like, well, the reason Justin Turner was pulled was he has coronavirus. <laughs> oh my God! So and let's go back, and then let's go back out to the field, and there is Justin Turner hanging out with his teammates. And <laughs> what a mess! Uh, so you had about yeah. five minutes to get that thought in, in between the end of the game and them announcing that, right? Well, I couldn't believe it, and then I went to bed. Uh, I saw the MVP celebration, so Corey Seager got the award, and then I turned it off and went to bed. And then I woke up and, uh, you know, just checked to see if I missed anything. And then I see all these pictures of Justin Turner on the field, (laughs) hugging and celebrating. And I just couldn't believe it. And I thought at the time, just him being pulled was a big story. And then he goes back on the field and it's kind of completely overshadowed the Blake Snell situation. But you you wonder, would there have been a game seven if the Rays would have won? Would that have gotten played? The next day would have gotten played in a week. I, would baseball just said, these guys are in a bubble. They probably all got it anyway. Screw it. Would they have gone against every protocol they've been trying to keep up for three months? I just, it's just so interesting. The what ifs out of that last, uh, last night. Yeah, it, it was, it was so insane. Just watching how that would go. MLB almost kind of lucked out with the Dodgers ending up winning that game. So that they didn't have to deal with the game yeah. seven. Um, so, I mean, maybe it was an inside job and, and, uh, Rob Manfred told Kevin Cash, Hey, pull Blake Snell in the, in the middle of the sixth inning when he's cruising. So that way we can end this thing. Somehow that's more believable than Kevin Cash making that decision on his own and thinking it was smart. Yeah. As soon as I saw him come out of the dugout, I'm like, Oh no, this is, this is not going to go well. Because, I mean, like, you have Blake Snell. He's, he gave up, what, his second hit there of the game. He's at 73 pitches, absolutely cruising. It's a one nothing game. And you just – you pull your ace. Like, he like he is the guy for Tampa Bay. And they won't let him work through a runner on first with one out in, in the sixth inning. I mean, that is the one guy – that you let go, that that you pay him essentially for games like this, and Cash didn't trust him to to finish it out. And I don't know if I'm Blake Snell, I don't know how I trust Kevin Cash after that. Yeah, there's uh, Joe Buck and John Smoltz on the broadcast really did a good job, I think, talking about it and setting the scene and setting it up. And the one thing that stuck with me, what Joe Buck said, is you get you have these relievers, you have these starters. And you have the managers, and the managers used to do everything they could to keep their starter in the game, and now it's like they can't wait to go to the bullpen. And, you know, I get you don't want third time through the order stuff, and I get that 
teams build their teams now based on numbers and then analytics and all that stuff. And that's good. You should find the edges wherever you can, but there still has to be gut feeling. There still has to be like this actually, I know we don't do it, but this should be the time to do it or vice versa. I always go back to, I think it was a game two years ago. Now it might've been three. It was a while ago. The Brewers were in Tampa Bay and they were down like one, nothing. And they never bunt, and Manny Pena was at the plate, and they might have had a runner on second, and uh, a couple, maybe an out, and Manny Pena was sucking at the time, and it was so obvious to bunt, even though the Brewers never ever bunt, it was you ha- you have to do it, in in your eyes tell you you have to do it, but then they they rode with the analytics and they ended up losing the game. It's just that that one stuck with me because even if you're 99% one way there you have to recognize moments as a manager where your gut feeling takes over anything that you had planned on or anything that your numbers tell you and it does seem like that part of the game is being lost a little bit yeah I mean you have to I, I agree with all that I would have absolutely kept Snell in the game last night but man after that the analytics haters were out in full force on all of social media today because of that one decision. And I agree that, yes, it has to be a mix of analytics plus the actual feel for the game. But the analytics also got the raise two wins away from a World Series title. But people are using that one game to say, well, analytics don't work. Well, okay, well, they worked for most of the season for them. They just, it was a bad usage, poor usage of it last night, more than taking Snell out, putting Nick Anderson in, like, why would you put in the guy who, after that, had given up an earned run over his last seven outings, like, what, the analytics didn't tell you not to put that guy in the game? Like, I don't, I don't know, that that was the, that was the killer right there. And that's why even, like, that, you're, that's a great point, the Rays got there using, you know, analytics and their numbers and and their system, but still Kevin Cash, he knew when he was pulling him that this, if this doesn't work out, it's going to be on me. I know that Blake Snell's riding hot. The Dodgers were pumped about it. You never want to do something that the other team is pumped about, but for the analytics, the anti-analytics crowd, and I think we get confused. Analytics is just more detailed numbers to help you make decisions I think for some people, you say the phrase analytics and they think it's like uh, this deep, mysterious language of hieroglyphic numbers that they'll never <clears throat> understand and figure out. And that, that's not what that is. Baseball should evolve. You know, the ban the shift argument, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. There, there still needs to be. I mean, you, you, you want to find ways to win the game and analytics help you do that, but you never can lose the human portion of it. Again, you can go, you can go so close to a hundred percent and you, and, and the, for the raise, that's what worked out. But in that moment, Kevin Cash had to know, I got Blake Snell who's dealing. I actually got him coming up against guys in the order that he's had success against what you said about Nick Anderson you may have had a plan going into that game, but in the moment you have to be able to adjust and, and that's, you know, what costs the raise. Yeah. And that's something that I saw former Brewers farmhand, Rob Henry say on Twitter. It's like, why don't like, why don't we teach baseball people to have a better understanding of the analytics and numbers instead of trying to teach 
analytics and numbers people how to better understand the game of baseball. You know, it, it's a little bit easier to teach the baseball guy to understand the numbers than to teach the numbers guy to understand the baseball. Because um, it's just so many of those intricacies that, you know, I think where it's kind of, you know, it maybe got lost. And, um, like, I was looking at him like, you know, maybe uh, Blake Snell should demand a trade because he he was so mad um, about that whole thing. And, and he's got every right to be. And, like, like I saw his, his post-game press conference. I mean, you could, like, he was just heartbroken being taken out of that game. Um, and, you know, I was just kind of playfully putting on Twitter. It's like, oh, yeah, he should demand a trade to Milwaukee because, you know, we would totally never do that to him. Um, and Brewers fans on Twitter just cannot play along because everyone was was commenting like, oh, we totally would. I'm like, guys, this is not the point. I'm trying to get Blake Snell here. OK, <laughs> like, play along like it. Like, I, 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 I just don't understand it. Uh, are you Boycott trying to tell Twitter. me that Twitter Boycott can't figure Twitter, out sarcasm? Yeah. Boycott Twitter is the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terrible. And everyone's points. like, well, they're making good points. Well, I'm like, yeah, but that that's not the point, though. And the point is I'm trying to get him here. I need you to play along. Be like, oh, yeah, you know, it, it, we would never do that to you. Demand a trade to Milwaukee. I wonder <sighs> what's worse for him because he's going to, you know, he'll think about that snowball for the rest of his life. But oh yeah, he didn't have any control over it. Is it worse to not get something that you didn't have control of, or would it be worse if he stayed in and gave up the runs? I almost think not having control is worse because it's the unknown. Yeah. And if, if this guy didn't make that decision because he took the fate out of his hands and he was dealing, it just, it sucks. But then again, if the Rays win that game, is there a game seven? We, I mean, probably not. So baseball, man, what a, what a, what a 2020 what a ending to the <laughs> yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> what a mess. Yeah. Uh, so now that the World Series is over, free agency is um, set to begin. It, you know, one day after free agency, all players officially file. There's still another five days um, until players can sign with other teams. There, there's an exclusive five-day negotiating window um, with players' uh, current team. So Brett Anderson is the only Brewers uh, automatic free agent that they have. Uh, he had a 4.21 ERA this year, uh, 10 starts. He had a, he had a couple of blister issues, but I mean overall he was he was kind of a solid back end starter. Um, so I mean with, with the next five days exclusively to negotiate with uh, Brett Anderson, Bart, do you think the Brewers um, are going to try to bring back Brett Anderson for their rotation next year? I. Uh... I, I don't know if they will. I don't know if they should. I wasn't really enamored with him much in terms of the performances. I mean, a 4-2 ERA from a back-end guy, you, you're going to be happy with that, I suppose, especially in a year now with the DH. I just never felt, as a fan watching, confident when Brett Anderson was on the mound. And And for the Brewers, they've got decisions to make about what do we want to put together for a roster next year? Because they are going to cry poor again with nobody yeah. being in the stadium. What did Brett make? Five, six million dollars? Five million. Yeah. So he makes six, seven, eight next year. Is that, I mean, that's, is that going to be too much? And where I'm at is I'd rather have, you know, I'd rather give those spots at this point to Hauser and Freddie. And I know that they've had their struggles too. But I'd rather give those spots to those guys 
instead of I just none of these. I mean, I didn't like Eric Lauer, and he didn't really get to do too much. I I kind of like with the Brewers pitching. I want it to be the young guys that they've developed. And then if you can get a free agent, I've, I've wanted a stud pitcher for years, whether trade or otherwise. These guys that are like, well, should we sign Brett Anderson? I don't know. Sure. Those kind of guys, I'm not – those guys are a dime a dozen. There was nothing special to me about Brett Anderson that you can't find in, in somebody else. And if the Brewers are going to cry cheap – you know, I'd rather them allocate three, four million dollars they would have given to Anderson, put in Hauser, put in Freddie or, or whoever, and and try with somebody else. Yeah, my official position on him with the piece that I put out earlier today was I'm fine if they bring him back, but it's nothing that has to be locked up right away. Worry about the offense fix those holes, try and figure out who you need to bring in to literally produce some more runs. And then at the end of the off season, if there's money left to bring back Anderson on a cheap deal, fine. I'm not opposed to that. The guy gave up two earned runs or less in eight of his 10 appearances, which with our bullpen, that's something you'll take. So despite the four plus ERA, he generally had the team in a good position, but it's just not, a priority by any means. Like you said, there's, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of guys like him out there where if for some reason someone does go snag Brett Anderson, you're not going to get to spring training and be like, oh man, if only we'd have gotten Brett Anderson early in the <laughs> offseason. Like, yes, there'll be someone else out there. And um, I had also just kind of like what you're saying, like had put a piece out there about what if the Brewers do try and fill all their starter spots from within. I'm also fine giving Freddie another chance in the rotation. I think he gets another offseason to keep working on that slider and becomes a true true three-pitch pitcher. He could be more effective as a starter. Hauser, I expect to bounce back, and then you've got Woody and Burns and whoever else in the fifth spot. I think it's feasible to create from within, but it's if if Anderson's on the team, fine. That's okay. I, I I'm not torn one way or another if he is or isn't. I think your reaction and, like, when you guys find out the news one way or the other and text each other uh, will be the same. Hey, we yeah, got yeah. Brett Anderson. Okay. Hey, right. Brett Anderson signed with whoever. Okay. Right, yeah. I think it's like, whatever <laughs> happens. All right. Yeah, okay. so it's like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to use, like, these next, like, five days. Be like, hey, what are you looking for in terms of money? You know, Anderson or his agent will put out some sort of range and they'll be like, all right, cool. Well, we'll kind of see how this goes throughout the winter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we'll, we'll keep in touch and, and that'll probably, probably be it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like you guys have talked about, I mean, they got plenty of internal options. I mean, Freddie is still what, 24 years old. Like I, I know it's been like a couple of years where it's like, yeah, he's finally going to, you know, cement a spot in the rotation and he, and he hasn't been able to do it yet. But, you know, he's still incredibly young. He's He's got such a live arm and, and so much talent. And, and like you mentioned, Matt, like he added that slider uh, th- this year. And like, who knows, maybe he could try to add a fourth pitch this, this next offseason. You know, maybe he could try to, you know, like he, he'll do whatever with his, you know, command and improve that this winter. Um, but like Freddie's going to be a good option. I mean, Lauer's still there. Uh, Hauser. Hauser is probably going to go to the pitching lab because it was just so weird with him this year. 
Um, but like, I mean, if, if he comes out of the pitching lab, same way Corbin Burns did, you know, showcasing a new cutter or, or something else, like he could, he could end up, you know, being just, just as good as those guys as well. And, and the rotation is, is still so young and, and under team control. Well, that's the funny thing is Lauer did come out of that pitching lab last offseason, supposedly with a refined changeup, and he ended up looking very good in spring training. Then COVID ends up happening. He actually ends up being one of the ones who tests positive, misses some time, um, comes out looking good in that first Cubs game, and then not good in any game after that. So he was kind of messed up, but he was on the right track, and he's right in that same age area as Peralta. He's got plenty of years left for development and easily still some hope that he can and be he's a just fine starter. Correct. Can't forget the left-handedness. So one of the other um, big free agents, so um, a couple of teams declined options on players today, um, including... Eric Thames and the Washington Nationals. The Nationals declined their $4 million mutual option on Thames. And first base, you know, has been an issue for the Brewers. Um, Justin Smoke obviously didn't play well um, there this year. Um, I, I put this up talking about this on the site earlier today. Uh, but, Bart, do you think there could be a possible reunion with Eric Thames heading into to 2021? I think it could be explored. I don't know if. I mean, they brought Eric Sogard back after a year, so it's not like they won't go back into the well if they moved on from somebody. I I, I would like some consistency there at first. I think we all would. Yeah. Has it been like – am I thinking of a different team? Has it been 10 straight opening days or something where they've had a different first baseman at first base? I think, I think so. It, I think it's been since 2011 they, they've had a different first baseman being like the – the either like most played at, at the position <laughs> yeah. or, or whatever, like since fielder left, it's changed like um, every single time. Like they, they've had like 15 or 16 different first basemen over the last like eight or nine years. Like it, it's, it's been a crazy number that they've gone through. Is there who like I, every prospect I can think of right now is uh, up the middle or, an outfielder. Is there who's the best first base prospect even? There is there's Lucas Ursig, who is really a third baseman that could right. be first, but Ursig also can't hit. Um then they are there's also Chad Spanberger, the guy they got for Chase Anderson from the yeah. Blue Jays last year. But other than that, I, I think that's about it. And it's been it's been that way for nine years. Yeah. You know, remember when Chris Carter hit forty home runs? Yeah. And hit, and the, didn't hit two twenty. Yeah, and then they non-tendered him because he struck out 200 <laughs> times. <laughs> I, I, so because of the lack of other options, you want to bring Eric Thames back? I mean, he's a fan favorite. I like him, so yeah, I'll bring Eric Thames back. But is he the answer? No, they don't. They don't have the answer. And again, in this in this off season, where are these answers going to come? I'm really pessimistic about what the Brewers are going to try to do. I mean, I don't know if we're going into not gonna be a rebuild you've got enough guys it's not gonna be a rebuild but i just if they already were crying poor before any of this happened i just i don't trust i guess i don't trust mark i don't trust antanasio to to spend money right now and and 
with everything that's going to be up in the air, I mean, we're not going to have 100% capacity in March and April at these games. That ain't happening. So that's source of income that they're not going to have come in. And then the TV contract and radio contract, that they don't get any money off that. And then they're like, all right, let's make some more money. Let's We're going to have our own restaurant and get Fridays out of here. Well, then nobody can go to restaurants. <laughs> it's, it's like all this stuff they try to do. They just, they, I mean, what income did they have? I got this cardboard cutout, this $50 stupid cardboard cutout <laughs> in my house. <laughs> you know, that, that, that cost me 50 bucks. They never show that on TV, but they didn't make enough money off of that to sign a first baseman. So I, I don't know. I, yeah, you're going to have to look, but that's what I didn't like about last year is just the dumpster dive mentality where you sign 10 guys at two, three, four million, hope that two of them stick. And they didn't get really anybody to stick that way until Daniel Vogelbach was signed, you know, more than halfway into the season. And if there's no DH next year, he's not going to be back. So I don't, I don't know what to do. I'll take Thames. I don't know what the other options are going to be that they can afford. Yeah. I think there's a real good chance next year's at, and we, have talked in the past about how it'd be nice if we didn't have to go into next season with platoons in a billion spaces across the field, but there could be a good chance that next year's first base platoon is Jerko and Vogelbach. Honestly, Vogelbach's cheap and he's got a lot of control, so they could keep him around. He's not good defensively at first. Um, But yeah, Thames, I don't know if anyone actually saw how he did this season. He hit a whopping 203, slugged all of 317, so he wasn't even getting extra base right. hits like he normally would, and like that's what you want Thames for. So I, yeah, I'm yeah. fine if they explore it, but yeah, uh, but but I, was I that desire? Yeah, but, but but were those struggles a a product of 2020, or was that you know him declining as as a player? Because I mean, Christian Yelch's right. overall numbers struggled. Keston Hero's overall numbers struggles. A, a lot of star, like a lot of really good hitters, struggled in 2020. So it's like, how much of that is Thames getting to be you know 33, 34, um, and declining as a player, and how much of that is just kind of the the nature of the season that that everyone had to go through. Yeah, you can say that about uh, how many say, of our players then too, though. So yeah, that, that's what I was saying. You could say about Yelich, Shira. You you could go, you know, pretty much down the line of the whole offense, right? Because um, that that whole group was just man, that was ugly. Um, but yeah, and, and then I mean, you guys are talking about the the payroll picture. Um, I put up a, a poll on our Twitter account like a week ago about. Um, just kind of like asking where everyone thinks like it's going to end up. And it was like below 85 million, 85 to 90, 90 to 95 or, or over 95. Um, and most people there, it was like, it was actually pretty evenly split. It was like 33% said below 85 million, 33% said, um, 85 to 90, 17% said 90 to 95 and, and 17% said 95 plus. Um, they were at 97 million um, for 2020 without the, you know, abbreviated prorated pay. Um, so Stearns has said it's going to be tighter, um, and I'm pretty sure it will be. But with the contracts that they have, I mean, they got 41 million dollars tied up in just Yelich, Kane, and Avisel Garcia alone. So I, I don't see any way they can get this roster. Below eighty-five million dollars, 
um, on the payroll and still expect to remain a, a competitive team. Like if they drop below 85, I don't see any way that that they're going to either sign enough players or keep enough good guys to to remain competitive. Well, I don't I don't know how competitive. You know, that's the thing we'll never know is 162 game season. The way they played in these 60 games, and I know so much happened with Kane and you know Pat Murphy and everything else, but I they they weren't hitting. This was I think this was on track to be a 75 win team if they played the full 162. They just didn't right. didn't have it, and you see Yelich's struggles as you mentioned, and that was a big big burden. And now we don't know what's going to happen with Braun. I don't know how competitive they're going to be. They They've made the playoffs three straight years now, but 2018 was the chance. Uh, and then 2019, they got in. 20 this year, I mean, I don't, they, again, they, they'll put up a nice pennant and I'll, I'm happy they'll do it, but it's going to be stupid. They weren't 500 <laughs> at least. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. And that's why, with baseball being the way that it is, is, is Anazio's goal the playoffs again he'll say it is but he also talked a lot about the money and and i think that you know he does want to get that back in check and yelich's contract if i'm not mistaken starts to go up big next year yep. the year after next year and so maybe they try to find some relief and again they're gonna it's not if you ever wanted to be a team that was like hesitant to spend money I mean, you've got the greatest built-in reason now with with COVID, how many businesses across all landscapes looked at this and said, well, there's these budget things we wanted to do. We've never been able to do them, but now we can just say COVID and let's just fire half of our departments because, you know, we want to consolidate the bottom line anyway. So if they're going to do it, I, we just haven't seen enough, you know, they've, they've built up their payroll a little bit over the last couple of years. But to me, them not making that one last move that really was going to put them in some financial constraints, but also get them to where they needed to be, that's kind of been the tell for me. They, if they, They've had the opportunity to acquire guys. They were going to have to – there's going to be a risk. You have to take on more salary, and they just – they haven't done that. And I think that just the way they've been talking and now with this massive built-in excuse – I mean, if their payroll matches what it was uh, last year, I, I would be stunned. I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I'm going to be happy if it's in the 90s. Honestly, the way everything seems so pessimistic, talking about what it's going to look like. Other teams are going to be in this situation too, though. Like, you have yeah. to imagine, I mean, everyone. Well, and the Rays the- got their dirt cheap. We, you know, talk about the Rays. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, like, what's that going to do to the free agent market? Like, what kind of contracts are some of these players going to have to take just to be able to play on a team when all the teams are going to be, we don't know how much some of these other teams may end up having to slash, but what if they do like, and all these players need jobs. So I, I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm not saying prices are just going to, you know, come down crazy in this windfall, but like, it's going to be real interesting to see what happens um, for some of these free agent prices. You um, could also get an acceleration where, if you do have money, rich get richer sort of thing. If you have money, you're still big markets able to make money. You're still going to be able to acquire talent. And then teams like the Brewers aren't. So you could really 
Mm-hmm. I mean, either everybody kind of stays where they are and levels out, or you could really get like, you look over in uh, soccer in Europe in the Premier League, there's like four teams that are good every year because they just spend a ton of money. And then every other team's just kind of fighting for fifth place. I mean, you could get that even to a bigger extreme here. One of the outcomes. I mean, we don't know what it's going to be like. A lot, you know, every team dealt with this. Some teams, uh, you know, tried to bring fans in, but uh, you know, the World Series, I guess, had fans. But every team kind of had the same starting point. It's just who's got more money available, which ownership groups are willing to spend some of their own money. It's just there's there's a lot to it, and it's going to be. I just I don't I don't see of all these scenarios a way that the Brewers come out ahead. Yeah, and I saw uh, this today. Like the Cardinals just declined the option for Colton Wong, and they said they're going to have to cut oh. down their payroll because because their huge thing was gate revenue and they didn't get any. So the Cardinals are going to have to cut down on payroll. The Brewers will. Um, a, a lot of teams are are going to end up having to. Uh, but yeah, and, and I mean, Atanasio, like he's not one of the, the, you know, wealthiest owners in the league, um, <laughs> like his ownership group. So, you know, it, it's not, you know, kind of to the point where it's like, you know, the Dodgers where they can just, you know, they've got a billion, you know, they, they've got like several billionaire owners as part of their ownership group that they can just dump money into. And they have like, you know, their TV contract and everything else that pays them a whole bunch of money. Um, I looked at this. It, I looked. I looked at this too in the article that I put up the other day. Like with the naming rights deal kicking in for American Family Insurance, that's only netting them an extra two million dollars each, each year. The the Miller the Miller Coors naming rights deal only got got them two million dollars a year, and from the reports I saw, the American Family deal gets them four million dollars a year. So that's only an extra two million. And given all the other losses that they had it's really not going to you know, have much of a dent for the payroll. And I know the Brewers' TV contract was up um, last year or something, and I have not seen anything that they've renegotiated that or you know, there's a new deal, but there should be, like there, I think there should have been a new deal coming at some point, but since Fox Sports is now owned by Sinclair, you know, they're dealing with that whole merger and everything's really kind of been slowed up on the, on the TV contract side. So it, and it's the hard TV's to even only... TV's only bidding. Who they're no not bidding against anybody. Who yeah. are they bidding? What's mm-hmm. Channel 18 and My 24 gonna team up with uh, Channel 32 and Green <laughs> Bay and try to make a network? I mean, they're they're not bidding against anybody. It's Fox Sports Wisconsin or it's nothing. So you can't like yeah, you, I'll give us five percent more. Oh, okay, fine. But you're not gonna like yeah, you're, you're not bidding. It's not gonna be like a Cubs thing where there were a bunch of different channels that would have been in play. And then they're like, ah, screw it. We'll make our own. Yeah. So that's, that's no good. No more cardboard cutouts is the answer. Yeah. I think <laughs> you're right. Selling them. We're yeah, going to be measuring right. contracts and cardboard cutouts. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. So some more mystery Jersey boxes at the team store. <laughs> yeah. I got, I, I opened one the other day, you know, I went and got it. It was a Matt Albers Jersey. I was so pissed. <laughs> How much are those? A hundred bucks. Oh man. Yeah. Someone else I saw got one. Theirs was Quentin Torres Costa, the minor league pitcher who like it's it's a spring training jersey from him. Wow. I was gonna say, how would they even have that jersey? Yeah. Like like you look at some of these, it's like 
like, I almost should have known. Like, I, I asked the dude there, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we got anything from, you know, Woodruff and Braun to, you know, some of the coaches, like, you know, Pat Murphy or or Chris Hook or whatever. And, you know, I was I was hoping to maybe snag, like, a Vogelbach or something. Um, but, no, I get, like, a two-year-old Matt Albers jersey. I'm like, this was a poor decision. <laughs> but it's an extra 100 bucks for the team, you know, so they... they yeah, maybe that'll help them sign Brandon Woodruff or Corbin Burns <laughs> to a contract extension. Keep those guys around. <laughs> oh man, uh, another guy that that also um, went into free agency today, Junior Guerra, got his contract option declined from Arizona. Um, and I know our uh, acquaintances over at Brew Crew Ball uh, were sad to see him go last year. Uh, but he's now a free agent again, and he put up some interesting numbers with Arizona, a 3.04 ERA in, in 25 games. Uh, but he did have 15 walks in 23 and two thirds innings. So five, 5.7 walks per nine, uh, really kind of rough, but a, a low ERA coming out of the bullpen for for Arizona. Um, the, I mean, the Brewers do have a, a really solid bullpen to begin with, and you know, Guerra was a part of that uh, for the past couple of years. Maybe they could look to bring back, you know, another you know familiar friend. I like Guerra. I I think you're right though. The bullpen. I mean, if they're gonna, I, I think they like their bullpen. They like it a lot, and even guys like, you know, Tulpa and these other guys that yeah. have come up and and Rasmussen they like, and all all these guys. I think that they have probably enough options there. And I don't know what gear is going to command. Like with Thames, I'll welcome these guys back. Um, do I? But either guy, would I want if they weren't prior Brewers? Like if I yeah. just, if Junior Guerra was just Junior Guerra and never a Brewer, I, I don't care. Whatever, he's just another guy to me. But because he's been a Brewer, same with Thames, yeah, I'll take these guys back. I'm, that's not going to be one I'm heartbroken about either way with Guerra. Yeah, he made uh, 2.6 last year. Have to imagine with those numbers, he'll go up a little bit from that. So, I mean, the one thing that I guess makes you at least think about it a little bit is we've talked before about some of the maybe tough tender, non-tender decisions they're going to have to make, one in particular being Knable. You know, he's upwards of uh, $5 million that he's looking at. You could be going cheaper if you go Gara instead. Uh, point. I guess the main point being is if you do have to make some of those non-tender decisions, now all of a sudden maybe you do have a hole or two in that bullpen that you have to patch. So at that point, yeah, maybe you dig around. He's coming up to be 36, so he's getting up there in age two. You have, uh, you know, the same issue with him that you have with a Thames or something like that. Uh, at what point does, you know, the mileage start to wear on him, even though he got a later start in the major leagues? And I was at his first career start, so very, very sentimental. No. Yeah, it was – what a day it was. The crowd of – I think it was a Tuesday night maybe. The crowd of 12,000 people that they announced as 37,000 was, <laughs> was buzzing. I love when that crowd – guess the attendance. It's always actually like a third of what they say. Yeah. Where is – they say there's 40 – where are all these people? Yeah, did, did, did they all go home? Did, did they put their cardboard cutouts in their place? <laughs> hey, two cardboard cutouts or one 
Matt Elver's jersey. You got to think about that. <laughs> what would you rather have? Suddenly, oh, I don't feel like the sucker anymore with my cutout. <laughs> what if it was a Matt Elvers cutout? Oh, God. Ooh. That's worth the hundo right there. That's the paradox, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you can put the jersey on the cutout. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, wow, Matt, you've gotten thin. <laughs> what What are you going to do with the jersey? I don't know. It's It's currently hanging in my closet, you know. If if you want it for twenty bucks, I'll I'll sell it to you. <laughs> uh, I'll take it for ten. Mm, deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah i i got I got so many jerseys. Like I got a I got a Burns jersey the other week because I mean I just you know sometimes I just need one. It was actually a gift, but okay. um I got a Burns jersey. I got a I went and got a Devin Williams jersey. Um that that was my uh. My birthday gift to myself. Um, I couldn't get Airbender Williams um, on under the whole name, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, get the pitching ninja name on there, but you know, it, it's it's still a good good one to get. But um, not Albers. Yeah, no, not Albers. <laughs> when I opened that one, I was like, oh man, what a letdown. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <sighs> He, he had like a good like four weeks in a Brewers jersey. Like his his first like four weeks as a Brewer, he was great. Yeah. And since then, he was awful. But he did give us one of the greatest calls on TV. This uh, big old bucket of sassy. And we'll always have that to remember him by. Big old bucket of sassy. And now, uh, uh, please act like so. Just bust that out. Whenever I did, he busted it out during one of the games this year, and obviously we don't have Matt Albers anymore, but he yeah. was just you knew he was just itching. No. Now, Corbin Burns was in a big old bucket of sassy at, at that one. And that, yeah, I think that was Burns that he used it on. It's just not the same. No, <laughs> no, because Burns is much better. <laughs> yeah, in that way, too. Yeah. Um, all right, I want to get to uh, the the shortstop position battle because um, I mean this year Orlando Arcia basically got a head start and was kind of um, gifted the thing with Urias dealing with the, the hammy bone injury and then having to deal with COVID to start the season. So Arcia got off to a, a head start, ended up essentially locking down the job for 2020. He played in he started 52 of the 60 games there during the regular season. Uh, Arcia had his he had his best offensive year yet, 260 average, um, a 96 OPS plus. Um, that, that was the highest of his career. But he had negative one outs above average defensively. Uh, he, he really wasn't as, as good as he, was used, as he was used to being. Urias had a really good couple of weeks, and then he struggled over the final couple of weeks. And I really don't think – I don't think Arcia did enough to to keep his job for the future going forward, I think entering 2021, if they're both if both Urias and RC are still here, um, I think it's still going to be a battle. It's still up in the air. Um, Bart, do do you think RC did enough to to lock down his job, or, or is his job still in jeopardy? Hey, I had this uh, job where I worked with a guy. His name was Kevin, and I always refer to RC as Kevin because Kevin was a sales guy. And uh, he was a pretty terrible sales guy. Uh, he, he couldn't sell. He could not sell anything. 
So there was a day where he was going to get fired and he knew it and he was going to get fired. And uh, two hours before the uh, interview or the, the meeting, I saw this happen. He goes, hey, uh, to the boss, he goes, hey, uh, that meeting a little later, I, I, I'll, I'll try to make it. I got something that just came up with a, a client. And oh, by the way, I met with another client. He pulls in his pocket. He goes, here's 500 bucks from them. So suddenly the sales guy, he's like, I don't know where the 500 came from. If he like paid to keep his job or whatever, but he was on the brink. It looked like it was over. And when he needed it most, he saved himself and he got an extension. And that's Arcia to me. Cause when you think Arcia is going through a period where uh, this, this is not going to be him, they need, they need Urias. They need somebody else. He rips off a great week. He rips off, you know, he's been great in the playoffs. It's just every time that people are ready to give up on Arcia, he comes through like this guy Kevin I had in the sales department. And I think I think he'll just continue to keep doing this. I root for Arcia. I want it to be him. I didn't like that trade with the Padres. I know, I know, I understand what they saw in Urias. I understand why they like him so much. But it's just the defensive struggles for him, how he has not been as good Arcia in the past. That was kind of a surprise. But I just... Every time, man, every time it looks like it's over, he comes through with a big hit or has a big week, and I just I, I can't quit that. So I, I, I agree with you. There's not going to be an answer. It'll have to play itself out, and either of those guys took over. Maybe maybe if uh, Uri's had a full season, maybe that picture is more clear, but I, I just I see a guy in Arcia who every time his job's on the line, he, he steps up, and that's why, that's why it's even a battle at this point. Yeah, personally, I, I would be I would be fine trading Kevin Arcia. It was a lot of like tens too. He pulls out a lot of tens. Like, why, why do you have fifty tens? Who pays you in that? I always thought something was wasn't on the up and up with that, but that's what it reminds me of. God, I yeah, I would I would be fine if they actually traded him while his value is quote unquote high, and by saying his value is high means that he's just better than he has been his war on baseball reference was still zero like even with everything they did better yeah. better on fan version um probably because defense weighs into it a little heavier but like it st- his numbers still weren't great they were just finally okay but that could be enough for another team to maybe poke around like okay is sometimes good enough for a team at shortstop, which isn't necessarily traditionally a power position unless you get lucky. Um, Brewers like to make trades in the offseason. We've really only discussed Hader as being the glaringly obvious trade possibility for the Brewers. Um, they've got Urias. They've got Terang, who's been working his way up. He still hadn't made it uh, very high through the system, but... Um, I mean, MLB Pipeline actually had him hitting the majors potentially soon. Um, there's shortstop depth if they wanted to make a move. I just, I, I know everyone loves Arcia. I get it, but I mean, it's he's, he's still not good offensively. He's finally gotten to he can consistently be sort of average sometimes, and that has just blown everyone's minds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he I mean, he had a 96 OPS plus. It was still below average like across the league, but it was the best of his career. 
like and he had like a 734 ops i, I think like it, it really wasn't like that great but i mean he was like consistent he was having better at bats you know getting hits you know more often he, he was avoiding getting into slumps which you know for the past two years was really kind of his giant issue falling into slumps all the time and just having that go for like two or three months um but but yeah like it's just kind of you know he's like he's there you know he, he never really kind of you know overperforms he, he just he just kind of you know sets the 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 bar he sets the expectations super low and then when he clears it we're all like hey good job you know <laughs> like yeah it's you know he he got to to that point like now like he actually like he has Urias there who is actually like pushing him like hey like I can take your job because for the past couple of years he had no one there to take his job really like the Brewers tried with Tyler Saladino and like that's that's not going to push Orlando Arcia to to steal his job like I I'm sorry but Tyler Saladino is not pushing for anyone starting shortstop job in the big leagues. Um, and, and like any of the other options that they had, like they, they didn't have anything. So, you know, now that they got Urias who can, it, it kind of little, it kind of lit a fire underneath him. Um, and, you know, maybe that'll continue, but like Matt said, you know, maybe he's, you know, a trade candidate where, you know, his value is probably as high as it's been since he was a prospect since, since before he came up uh, in, in 2016 and I don't know if it's going to get much higher than than what it is now. And, you know, he's going to get probably somewhere between two and a half and, and four million dollars in arbitration uh, this year. And, you know, while it's not an exorbitant amount for a shortstop, if you have a starting shortstop who's making 560 K, you know, you, you could, you know, trade him, maybe get, I don't know, some some pitching, maybe get a third baseman first, but I, I don't know what you'd get for him exactly, but I'm sure you could get something for a guy with experience as a starting shortstop and, and who can be a starting shortstop in this league. Um, so, I mean, I think that's something that they could definitely consider doing. Well, right. If you're going to do these platoons uh, and the platoons are going to do are almost out of necessity, but if you can do, if you've got two guys who could play, you know, 135 games at the position and you're trying to figure out, well, who's going to be your starter there. You, maybe you do just have to make that decision and, and see whoever's going to net you the better return or who you want to go with going forward. Because if what we talked about with them, not probably spending money and that's an assumption, but I think that's a one uh, founded in, in logic. If they're going to improve this team, trading the few tradable pieces may have to be the thing that they have to do i will say it would be awkward moving on from the franchise's career postseason leader and home runs <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that that's all i got to say about that it, it's so it's so crazy like like not even not even braun like Braun has played more postseasons than than anyone for the Brewers, and like he's not he wasn't even in the, the top five, I don't think. Like that's that's just crazy, but but yeah, I mean like you were saying, Bart, like it, you got two guys there, Urias and Arcia, that could both be like full time starters at the position, and you know I don't think either one's going to do super well offensively. If they're in a platoon or, yeah. you know, just kind of in, in part-time roles, they need those regular at-bats. Arcia needs the regular at-bats. Uh, Urias needs the regular at-bats. And, 
you know, if you do keep them both, I mean, you're pushing Urias most likely to a different position. And, I mean, if you play him at third, you're really not getting any sort of power at, at third base, which is something that the Brewers have been missing anyways. But that's a position where the Brewers are going to need some power. Um, or you can push him to second. But then you have to push Keston Hira over to first or something. And that's not, not really something that um, makes a lot of sense or I think that they want to do. Um if they had the DH next year, which is is looking like they won't, but still not set in stone, then you know maybe Hira could go there. But they also have Vogelbach that could play there. If Brian Braun decides to come back, he could go there. So I think it's a little too early to push, you know, Hira off of second base. So then I mean you're you're leaving one of those guys on the bench for for most of the time, or you're putting Urias over at third where he's really not. A, a good a, a good fit offensively so it, it may end up being best for them to trade one, one of those guys and rc is probably the most likely of the two again it's you got two guys that can do it yeah you've talked me into wanting to trade one i mean <laughs> i think just because of what where, where else are they going to improve the team from and yeah. the hater stuff i mean I, that's definitely a conversation uh, I, th- I think if you're going to do it, this may be the time to do it. I never thought they were going to extend him. I've always thought it's going to be this contract. They just haven't wanted to pay him. I just, they just didn't, they've never made the effort to pay him. So maybe you do, even you package the two and see what you get. I, I don't know. But if this team, you look at the team, you looked at where they were this year, even in a shortened year, how does this team, with the foundation they have, win 90 games next year, let's say, to get into the playoffs if it's not expanded again? They're gonna have, they, they've got a lot of work to do, and you should always be doing draft, and you should always be doing trades, and you should always be doing free agency, and the draft in Major League Baseball takes so much longer. Free agency, I just don't think it's going to be there for them. So then you got to look at trades, and, and David Stearns is going to have to have a busy offseason. Yeah, and I mean, like we we were talking about with you know Hader and and Arcia there. I mean, trading those guys, it would really just kind of you know it, it could fill some of the other holes with with whatever it is. And you know, with with the Arcia extension, like like you mentioned, like you know, no interest in paying them. Like if he came up and he kept on hitting, kind of like he did in 2017, where he hit like 270 with 15 homers. If he like kept that up consistent consistently, they might have been willing to, but you know, with the way he's been offensively, it's just like you got to go year to year with him. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, you look at, you know, you trade Hader and you trade Arcia, say, I mean, I mean, that gets, I mean, you could probably get a starting third baseman, you know, out of somewhere, you know, with trading those two guys either combined or in separate deals. You could probably get someone there for the infield. So you have Urias go to short, you have that starting third baseman come in. And, you know, you, you fill and you get a couple of holes answered. And in the meantime, they, they clear some payroll space. So, yeah, mention that on your show tomorrow, how, how we talked you into trading Orlando Arcia. <laughs> uh, we, won't, we probably won't talk Brewers for another two months. But when we do, uh, that, that's how I'll mention it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's Packer season. Yeah, it's, it is. It's no time to talk Brewers. Yeah. It was Badger season. No, no, who knows. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Graham Mertz. Like that game was insane, and then right. man, 
We are officially well. canceled now, right? Did I, did I catch that right? The Nebraska, the game? Nebraska game's off, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man. And, what, and what's, like, it's not even just that it was Graham Mertz. It was Mertz and Chase Wolf, like, and the backup. And it's, like... And Paul Christ. And Christ. <laughs> like, 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 it's just all the top guys. Like, like, you can't be serious, you know? I know. What a mess. Yeah. I don't know. They probably still could have beaten Nebraska, even with Danny Vandenboom <laughs> out there. I think they could have. Yeah. Can we talk about what a great name Danny Vandenboom is? Like, come on. Two-time state champion at Kimberly. There you go. Don't sleep on Danny Vandenboom. Uh, all right. So um, I think that will just about do it for uh, this week's episode of the Cold Brew Podcast. Um, Bart, any uh, any final thoughts? Anything you'd like to, to add on to say? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, no, I, I th- thanks for having me on. It's good to talk brewers. Uh, I don't know when. You know, I the season's scheduled for April. I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I want to get to the ballpark. That was a big, big thing that we missed this summer. I think being there, it was good to have the Brewers on. It was so short, though, how fast yeah. it went. And uh, it's just a bummer. It's just a bummer we're in this spot. It's good to, you know, just felt like we're talking about the team that's good, but then I want to want to be able to go there in person and Get all sloppy and calling <laughs> over and puking it and you know that kind of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, the fun stuff. <laughs> Get a two star rating. That's what I want. That's what I want to do. But until then, uh, appreciate what you guys are doing and having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt, anything uh, you'd like to to add on? I uh, no, I'm just I I'm. As fun as that World Series was, I'm glad now we've officially moved to the offseason. There's actually news out there. We've got free agent news. Eventually, there's going to be arbitration news. I feel like every one of these stories that comes out is going to be like, oh, my God, Brewers news, finally, and like just something to cling to. We had to wait so long to get a season, and then it was just over. So yeah. Yeah. now every little bit that comes is going to be like just something to soak in until hopefully, like you said, we do – maybe miraculously get something close to a normal season next year. So we'll see. Yeah. And, you know, I, I said uh, yesterday, it's like, well, now that baseball is over, it's just another reason we need 2020 to quickly end and, and get to 2021. Cause I, I, I don't know what else, like there's, there's Packer games on, on the weekend, but you know, other than that, there was, there's nothing really to watch. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of good baseball talk. A lot of you know big things that the Brewers are going to have to do um, this off season. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll you know keep it going here on the Cold Brew Podcast. Uh, Bart, thank you so much for for joining us, um, and we will be back again next week. So for, for Bart Winkler from Matt Carroll, I'm Dave Gasper. We will see you next time on the Cold Brew Podcast.